Welcome to Donnell Edwards' Viewpoints, where your viewpoint matters. Donnell discusses today's major issues and concerns with nationally recognized expert guests, as well as a variety of other interesting topics. So call and express your viewpoint about this week's topic or whatever else may be of concern to you. Just call Donnell at 563-999-3660 to share your viewpoint. Now, with this week's guest, here is your viewpoint host, Donnell Edwards. Good evening and welcome everyone to Donnell Edwards' Viewpoints. And tonight we have an exciting show uh, and one that will be very insightful, I'm sure. Uh, we are going to have an abbreviated, pro- abbreviated program this evening. We'll be on uh, 30 minutes instead of our normal hour because of uh, some scheduling uh, conflict. The guest that was regularly scheduled to be on this evening was not able to be here. And graciously, our guest for tonight uh, accepted our invitation to, uh, to fill in. We really appreciate that. Uh, now, uh, the world has changed a lot over the last month or so, uh, last few months or a year, where women once feared to expose male bosses who engaged in discrimination due to gender or who forced female employees to engage in sex in exchange for promotions. Now, women are speaking up and men are afraid. So, how can both men and women interact effectively in this changed environment without creating an atmosphere of fear? Is it really possible to create a workplace free of sexual harassment and improper conduct in this day and time? And what are employees and their managers' rights under the law? We will discuss all of these questions and more on tonight's show with a man vastly qualified to discuss these these questions. Our special guest is a labor and employment attorney practicing in the states of New York and New Jersey, who specializes in representing employee plaintiff claims for discrimination, sexual harassment, and wage and hour complaints. Please join me in welcoming to the CWR Talk Network and Donnell Edwards Viewpoint, Attorney Alex Umaski. Hello, Alex, and welcome to the CWR Talk Network. Hi, Donnell. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Now, uh, Alex, has your business increased since the Harvey Weinstein debacle and the growth of the Me Too movement? So I wouldn't say the business has increased. We've received a lot more phone calls and inquiries about potential claims in the workplace, but because sexual harassment, which is really a form of gender discrimination, is very difficult to prove, um, it hasn't necessarily increased business, but uh, it has made people a lot more aware, so uh, we get a lot more phone calls and inquiries about these questions. Okay, very good. Now, uh, as I mentioned at the outset, this has created a uh, totally different environment than it has been in the past. So would you say that the fear of losing a career because of not submitting to sexual advances in the workplace has reversed somewhat, and now more male managers, administrators, and executives are in fear of their careers for either being exposed for sexual harassment or improper conduct? 
Absolutely. Um, I think because of the Me Too movement and the Weinstein tobacco, I guess the veil of invincibility has been lifted uh, from a lot of people in power in the workplace, especially men. Um, there's usually two types of men in the workplace that exhibit these forms of discrimination and sexual harassment. It's the predators that have always had that in them, and they believe that they're more powerful and stronger than women, and women should succumb to their needs or, or desires. And then there are those that are just were ignorant to what constitutes harassment or not. Um, now, because the awareness has happened, both are afraid of losing their jobs, and when you're afraid of losing your job, you're going to change your course of conduct. Ego plays a big role in it, but no longer feeling invincible, the Me Too movement has um, created a more safer environment for women. Okay, very good. Now, along those same lines, uh, I'd like to read you this comment from the website of the uh, guest that was scheduled to be on tonight, and then get your thoughts about this uh, gentleman's fears. And, And this is what he said. I am afraid to talk to a woman because if I say the wrong thing, she will ridicule me or get me fired. Or if I make a compliment, she can have me fired for being inappropriate. I can never touch or hug a woman under any circumstances, and I'm a man who values touch. I can't have conversations with women, can't touch them, can't open doors for them, and have to fear them because they can ruin my career or my life anytime they want. I don't know what to do. So, uh, Alex, uh, what are your thoughts uh, on these comments, and are they the real fears of many men today in positions of oversight? I think those are exaggerated fears. I think a lot of the things that the, the, the comments that this person made are highly exaggerated and, and teetering on the, on the brink of ridiculousness. Uh, <laughs> there's nothing to fear about speaking to women <laughs> in the workplace. At first, just as a general rule of thumb, don't hug and don't touch. You don't have to. It's a professional work environment. This isn't a family member or a friend. It's okay. a colleague. Uh, and unless you're really good friends with them, there's no need for physical contact. As far as talking to women, you can talk to women about anything. If you give a compliment and the woman uh, or your colleague, female colleague, it does not like the compliment, she'll tell you not to, and then don't ever give that compliment again, and you'll know better. You're not going to lose your job over one compliment. You're not going to lose your job if you talk to women. You're going to lose your job if you're engaging in sexual harassment and that the law is very clear on that. So it has to be either, at least under federal law, it has to be severe, so something like really inappropriate touching or assault, or a pervasive environment where you're showing porn- pornography to women in the workplace, or you're touching them inappropriately when they don't allow it, or you're consistently complimenting them even though they've objected to that conduct. That would be sexual harassment. But to say that you can't speak to women or are afraid of speaking to women, you lose your job, that's a little bit, that's silly. Okay, let me ask you this. Are you aware of or do you know of any companies or uh, businesses that have changed or instituted new policies for the workplace so that uh, there won't be any any confusion in regard to what is and what isn't appropriate, uh, inappropriate conduct? Companies won't necessarily create a what you can and what you cannot do, do list. They may provide some examples 
what the Me Too movement has done is increased awareness throughout the industry, and employers are creating more robust human resources department, employee uh, handbooks, policies and procedures, so it provides a, uh, a stricter platform for employees that if they feel they've been subjected to harassment and discrimination, they know how to complain and, and what not to do uh, and what to do. They've also trained and created um, uh, seminars and training seminars for managers, supervisors, and low-level employees. So show them examples of what's possible and what's not possible and what you can do and cannot do in the workplace. But there's, it's impossible for an employer to be able to cover everything. Uh, the main uh, issue that happens with, that prevents people from actually bringing a lawsuit is they've either not complained or they've allowed this to go on and didn't do anything about it. Okay. Now, uh, we, we mostly hear about men sexually harassing women. But is harassment of male employees by female managers more prevalent than what we would expect? And are the circumstances, if, if that's the case, are the circumstances basically the same or are there significant differences? Um, I would say the circumstances are basically the same. When a woman sexually harasses a male, it's really the same. It's either a hostile work environment, touch inappropriate touching or comments, or quid pro quo sexual harassment where they uh, – use their position of power to ask ask for sexual favors or a relationship in exchange for a promotion or improvement within the, the company. So I think the circumstances are the same, whether it's more prevalent, not that I've seen, but at the same time, a lot of men will, are reluctant to come forward and complain of sexual harassment because for several reasons. One, they feel less masculine if they do and complain, and others may laugh at them, or they may feel no one will believe them, and they'll believe the female. Um, or some actually enjoy it and uh, accept it. So you see, it, you see it less, but it does happen. Okay. All right. Very good. Now, we want to get into uh, your area a little bit here. Uh, what rights do women and men, for that matter, uh, what rights do they have under the law if uh, they feel that they have been discriminated against because of their sex or if they feel that they have been sexually harassed? And what, are there significant differences, you know, variances, depending on the state where someone lives? So I'll answer the first question. Uh, federal law protects all employees from gender discrimination, which includes sexual harassment, which includes hostile work environment, and uh, quid pro quo sexual harassment, which I discussed earlier. Uh, in order to prove a hostile work environment under federal law, you have to show that the environment was so severe or pervasive with the hostility because of your gender. So, you know, playing pornography at work and, and making fun of women at work, that would be severe and pervasive as if it can, continues over a period of time and nobody does anything about it. State laws and local laws... Uh, differ as well. Some are very protective of employees in the workplace. Some are not so much. New York has both the state and the city human rights law, and the city human rights laws may be the most protective in the entire country. So there, you don't need the, the, the test is lower than severe or pervasive. In New York City, all you have to do is show that the conduct was above a petty slight. So even some derogatory comment towards women may constitute sexual harassment. 
So states and local municipalities do differ in uh, what constitutes sexual harassment, but under federal law, everybody is protected. Okay, very good. Uh, thank you for all of those comments. And right now, we're going to take a short break. If you just tuned in, this is Donnell Edwards Viewpoints, and we're discussing making the workplace free from sexual harassment and improper conduct with our guest, New York Labor and Employment Attorney Alex Umansky. If you have a question or comment about sexual harassment or workplace discrimination, call now to talk with Attorney Umansky. Our number is 563-999-3660. That number again is 563-999-3660. We would love to hear your viewpoint. When we return, we'll discuss false claims of sexual harassment and the present workplace environment of fear. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network. Hashtag One Million Strong. Hey, if you have really, really tried to lose weight going from one diet to the next, stop right now and listen to me. Let Jen Han help you. Jen is a food coach and body image expert in her new show, Nutrition Tips with Jen Han, The Effortlessly Easy Path to Weight Loss, is now on the CWR Talk Network. Jen's aim is to dispel all the myths related to dieting, debunk food rules, and bring enjoyment and sanity back to eating. You shouldn't feel guilty about eating the things you enjoy. Jen has lived through the battle of dieting and binging herself for 13 years and has tried every diet plan, every program, and every solution that promised weight loss. Hypnosis, diet pills, cleanses, detoxes, you name it, Jen's tried it. It wasn't until she looked at what was underneath the food that she saw any lasting healing. Now Jen teaches others the truth about dieting and how to enjoy eating normally. Listen to Jen's podcast, Nutrition Tips with Jen Han, the effortlessly easy path to weight loss on the CWR Talk Network online at blogtalkradio.com forward slash CWR Talk Radio. That's blogtalkradio.com forward slash CWR Talk Radio and search for Jen Hand or go directly to Jen's podcast on our website, CWRTalkNetwork.com and select Jen's page from the menu bar. Did you just look down at your phone? You did it again, didn't you? You know, you're flying down the road in a three-ton hunk of steel, and a text takes your eyes off the road for an average of five seconds. At 55 miles per hour, that's long enough to travel the length of a football field and cause some serious damage. Turn it off. Trust me. Whatever it is, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. 
listening to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network. Hashtag one million strong. Welcome back to Donnell Edwards' Viewpoints with your host, Donnell Edwards, on the CWR Talk Network. Thanks for joining us for tonight's discussion, Making the Workplace Free from Sexual Harassment and Improper Conduct, with our guest, Labor and Employment Attorney, Mr. Alex Jemanski. Now, Alex since there is so much focus and attention being given to sexual harassment in the workplace today, uh, have you seen an increase in false claims of sexual harassment, which was the fear that was expressed in the comment that I read from the uh, gentleman at the outset of our discussion? No, I haven't. And that's because there are not many false claims of sexual harassment. And, th- and that's why those fears are misguided. It's basically, and I've, he- I've heard this before many times, uh, with the, the implementation of the Me Too movement and now sexual harassment becoming, people becoming more aware of sexual harassment in the workplace is you have men in position of power who prefer the status quo of what it was, and then they send out these misguided smoke screens. Uh, smoke screens are if you start changing the way things are, you won't be able to talk to women in the workplace. You'll have to tiptoe around them. There'll be tons of minefields. Otherwise, you'll lose your job. Lawsuits galore will happen. And that's just not true because, believe it or not, the reality is most women, uh, it takes a lot to complain of sexual harassment. You have to be a victim for a while, and this has to continue to happen uh, in order for, um, just based on my experience and with clients, to actually come forward. Um, They won't make up stuff. It doesn't happen. And those that actually do make up falsities about a potential claim, lawyers, it's our job to shift through the facts and the allegations to determine what sticks and what doesn't. And a law, rarely will you see a lawsuit filed when there are false claims they are brought, whether it's sexual harassment or other form, forms of discrimination. Because when a woman or a man endures that type of harassment in the workplace, it's usually continuous, and it's pretty bad that it, it takes a lot out of them to actually come forward and complain about it and take legal action. So, no, I don't really see many false claims of sexual harassment. Okay, so basically uh, what you're saying, any ideas or thinking that the uh, all of this has created a, uh environment of fear in the workplace is, and that there are an, an increase in, in uh, claims, uh, false claims of, of harassment are just basically not, not true, right? Right. Misguided okay. completely. Okay. All right. Now, in today's workplace, with everything that's going on, uh, in, in your opinion, what needs to be done by both men and women to ensure a workplace as free from sexual harassment as possible? So both men and women, everybody, needs to review their policies and procedures set forth by the employer. If there are training or seminars offered the empl- by the employer, for sexual harassment, especially if you're in a position of power, you need to attend those. You know what what is acceptable and what isn't. If uh, you make a comment or even give a compliment and the person on the receiving end does not appreciate it and tells you not to say that or not to do that again, listen. Don't 
Let it upset your ego, but respect their wishes. And don't do it again, because that's what usually will lead to a claim when you get upset and you start treating that person differently, or you'll uh, continue to make comments, or you'll, get, you'll uh, force others to gang up on them. And then it becomes a snowball. So um, the best way is to, is to really know what the policies or procedures are and respect the wishes of your coworkers so you don't go out of bounds through your conduct or through your, uh, through your comments. Okay, so as a rule, I guess would it be good to say that if you're unsure about something, whether it's conduct or speech, just don't do it, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And and, and the other thing is most companies, especially if you work for a large organization, have an HR department and some even have compliance officers. So if, if you don't understand what appropriate conduct is, what might be construed as misconduct or sexual har- harassment, uh, you can go to those departments, to those individuals, and get the, the counsel you need. Is that not correct? Exactly. And best to refrain from any physical touching, including hugs or massages or anything like that. And when in doubt, yes, speak to human resources. And if there's no human resources, if you're even doubting whether this would be appropriate or not, it's probably better not to do it. Okay. Now, uh, Alice, we really would like to talk with you more about uh, workplace discrimination and uh, other than sexual harassment, uh, other types of discrimination as well, and changes in immigration. I know that's something that you you work uh, work on as well. Uh, and how immigration has impacted the the changes in immigration in this country and and the impact it's had in the workplace. We just don't have the time uh, this evening in this abbreviated show. We certainly would like to invite you to return so that we may have that discussion sometime later. So uh, in conclusion tonight, what final advice do you have for all of our listeners, both male and female, in regard to making the workplace free from sexual harassment and discrimination? Uh, sure. So we've already discussed what um, coworkers may do. When in doubt, speak to human resources or probably don't do it uh, and respect your coworkers' wishes. But for employers, and I'm talking about managers, supervisors, people in higher level, including executives um, and companies, Provide training. Provide seminars. Train your human resources department on what constitutes harassment. Train people in position of power of what constitutes uh, sexual harassment. And make sure that this is very important. A a strong and robust human resources department is paramount to prevent these types of claims. Just from a legal standpoint, a lawsuit is usually the result of the human uh, human resources department not doing their job because they rubber stamp what the employer says. They don't do a proper investigation or they do a one-sided investigation and they don't really listen to the fears of the person that's complaining or their coworkers. And then, worst of all, usually after a complaint of sexual harassment, by rubber stamping what the employer does, a process of retaliation happens and ultimately leads to the employee's termination or suspension or possibly resignation because they just can't handle that type of environment. So the best way to prevent sexual harassment in the workplace is a robust human resources department that is engaged and does things without bias, uh, investigates without bias, and doesn't rubber stamp what the employer does. 
Okay, very good. So uh, making sure that that is not tolerated in any way, shape, or form in, in the organization is, uh, from the head down, is uh, uh, one of the ways to prevent that. That's just great. Thank you so much. Now, Alex, uh, thank you for helping us understand what's going to take for a workplace free from sexual harassment and improper conduct duck this evening and uh, what rights both uh, employees and those in position of oversight have under the law. So thank you uh, so much for uh, this in, in enlightening us uh, tonight. And we do hope to have you back again uh, sometime in the future. So thank you. Absolutely. I'll be happy to come back. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Okay. All right. Now, for those in the New York uh, and New Jersey area who may have questions for you or may have the need to hire you, how may they contact you? And are you able to provide legal counsel to anyone who does not reside in New York or New Jersey? Yes, I'm a part of a huge network of national employment lawyers associations who have employment lawyers across the country and even outside of the country. So you can always contact me. At, at the office, 718-504-6090. You could visit our website, which is MosheSLaw.com, M-O-S-H-E-S-L-A-W.com, or you can email me at A-U-M-A-N-S-K-Y at MosheSLaw.com. All right. Thank you very much, and uh, you have a good evening. Now, Thank you. You too. Okay. Now, thanks to our listening audience. Uh, we hope that... Uh, uh, you uh, will join us again next week, which is going to be a very, very special week for us here at the CWR Talk Network. You've been hearing on my show and some of the other shows on the network about a very special uh, series, and this is going to be the first in a series of live programs from our resident weight loss and nutrition specialist, Ms. Jen Hand. And according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, uh, commonly known as the CDC, in 2015 to 2016, the prevalence of obesity was 39.8% and affected about 93.3 million of U.S. adults. Statistics from another organization, Healthline, revealed that in the United States, more than two-thirds of adults are overweight or obese. Around 17% of American children ages 2 to 19 are obese. That's more than 12.7 million American children. One in eight preschoolers is obese. Obesity is an epidemic in our country, and the CWR Talk Network is very concerned about this issue and is doing something about it. That's why we are presenting this series of special programs featuring one of America's leading experts on weight loss, not from dieting, but from learning to eat normally. So we encourage you to join us next Monday at 6.30 p.m. Central Time for this very important program and we're making it possible for several of our listeners to actually be on the show with Jen. And uh, this is virtually by phone and ask her questions and get her advice and counsel for free. Just visit our website, cwrtalk.com 
for more information. Thanks again for joining us tonight, and we look forward to being with you again next week. And until then, have a good evening, and also we hope that you will have a great week. listening to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network. Hashtag one million strong. Mm-hmm.